Thanks, guys. Is this thing on? On this show, we pick pieces of pop culture that were important to us in a given year. We then discuss our memories and dig into those movies, albums, shows, and more. I'm Brad. I'm Pete. And I'm Gif. I'm Gif. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back for round two of 2002. Mm Mm-hmm. And we were just talking before starting this. We want to give a couple shout outs because we we just had our 16 Candles episode come out and we got a few uh, comments that we want to bring up. So I wanted to first state that my sister Danica was on the show once and she agreed with me that Anthony Michael Hall was trapped under a glass table at that party. And you guys are still insisting that I'm wrong, but strongly disagree. Well, I would like very... to disagree with our two-time guest, your sister, on this show. Not our one-time guest. I don't think uh, I said one time. Did you I? said she was on here once. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> are you gonna disagree on that? Oh, whatever. No. So I I would tend to disagree with our two-time guest, Danica, on that. I think he could have crawled out from, from either side. That just um, makes it a very odd scene. I'm with I don't understand. Yep. Um, also, quit, uh, my my lovely wife Courtney uh, reached out on Instagram, giving Brad a hard time about uh, not remembering the little sister. I know um, it's weird in a movie that he claims is one of his favorites, and he's watched a million times. But I have that. That was that. Um, also, um, thanks again to Johnny Ballgame for his excellent hashtags that he puts out on Twitter every every week following. Uh, the dropping of an episode those are always a lot of fun to see what he picks out from the episode to add all saying we kind of noticed so i don't have notifications set up for much on my phone but i still get twitter ones and i always love it because i'll get a notification saying johnny likes our post about that episode and then i know like five ten minutes later i'm going to get another one with the hashtag so it's like that exciting time waiting for johnny's <laughs> hashtag it's like so. christmas morning yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just received a football schedule from uh, from Johnny the, the other day in the mail because he, oh, yes. uh, by the way, uh, if you have any real estate needs, go to Ballpark Realty. <laughs> That's uh, correct. Because, uh, uh, yeah, he sent me that. Um, you can request him on his uh, Twitter feed. So yes. I got it. I love it. It's already on my refrigerator. Anybody Perfect. else you want to shout out tonight? Uh, I'd like to shout out uh, Coldplay. Okay. Well, actually, I did want to shout out one more. So our, our number one um, supporter, Brian Rappi, who's been on the show twice. Yes. He uh, enjoyed that episode as well, but he also mentioned that um, he couldn't believe I hadn't seen Spinal Tap, which, again, I can't believe it either. And he said if we ever do an episode on that, he'd be in. So we'll, we'll be looking to have him on again uh, soon, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully shortly. So, yeah. What year did that movie come out? 84. It was, 84. It, it was our 84. 84 episode. It was one of my top, or in, was it in my top five? I don't remember. It was an, uh, at least an honorable mention for um, for 84. All right. So like you said, Gif, we're going to talk tonight about what I chose, which is Coldplay's album, A Rush of Blood to the Head. Mm-hmm. And mm. when I first was picking this, I kind of went back and forth. And then I thought, you know what, this is a good topic because at the end of this episode, we're going to talk about polarizing bands. And this is a band that for whatever reason, and I'm actually going to talk about this, seemed to be really well loved. And then all of a sudden there's this whole thing where they were not cool anymore. And 
And I don't know. People love them and hate them. So we're going to talk about bands like that at the end. And I thought it'd make for a good topic. But this album to me is uh, objectively awesome and worth a trip back in time. Mm -hmm. So here are some things about this album, why I picked it and why it's a good talker. So I was a huge fan of the song Yellow. I mean, everybody loved that yeah. song, right? It was it yep, took right. the yes. it was like their big debut. It took everybody by storm. But I didn't actually own their first album at that time. I do have it now, but at the time I didn't. I just loved that song, kind of knew a few others that were played that weren't quite as big a hits. But you heard a lot about them, like they're this new band from England and they're, you know, they're going to be huge and everybody really seemed to like them. So then this album came out in 2002 on August 26th. And it was huge. And I'm going to make comparisons probably throughout this to the Joshua Tree because it's one of those just kind of front-loaded, giant hits. Oh, my God. It's but, amazing that you said that. I'll, I'll get to my reasons okay. in a little bit. But, I mean, I love it all the way through. And U2 and Cold, Coldplay was compared to U2 quite a bit when they came out. And I, I think it was their next album, X and Y, that was supposed to be like their Joshua Tree. And that one didn't – it was a big album, but it wasn't – loved as much as some others but this one to me is really <clears throat> closest, um, when it comes to like hitting that kind of sound and that kind of feel so it's got these huge hits on it plus everything else is good in my opinion speaking of that um they were one of the biggest bands in the world at that time and this album was the number eight selling album in the uk in the 21st century so number eight of the last 20 years. What do you have? Seven gift? I thought I saw seventh. I thought, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Right. It's, it's way 10 the hell times there. platinum. It sold 17 million. It won the second Grammy in a row for the band with for best alternative album. It also won Grammys for these songs In My Place and Clocks. It is number 324 on Rolling Stone's best 500 albums of all time. That was just in 2020. So that's like a recent list. Uh, so it came out later in the year, so it was 140th on the charts in 2002. But then in 2003, it finished 17th on the charts, so it was still gaining huge ground. And even in 2004, it still finished number 76 in the U.S. Billboard chart and was the number 88 album um, of the decade of the 2000s to 2009 in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So huge, huge album. Yeah, definitely, definitely not a sophomore slump. Being this is their second. No, exactly. Uh, no. Um, this then, and then another reason I picked them too, and then I'll get to the other side of this. They are a band who puts on one of the best concerts, live shows that you would ever see. They just put on. It's just a show, and it's awesome. And even if you're not a huge fan of the band, it's hard to not like it. So, like our co-host Dave. He is a pretty good fan of the band, but not huge. But he saw them actually once before I did. And he, like, wasn't sure if he really wanted to go. He wasn't, like, all that into it. Like, you know, he liked the band, but whatever. But he came home from that and said, man, that was awesome. And he talked him up. And then I got to see him on the next one. And so What we stood out about the show itself? I, I mean, it's you're going to get into that. But. 
it's just lights and just well, their songs are awesome in concert. I mean, you think of them yeah, as yeah, kind of the I mean, slow, like, slow band, and you know, they're but those songs can be so huge mm-hmm. in concert. Right. Yeah. Right. And then they put on light shows and the stage show. Chris Martin is just this energy. I mean, he's just awesome to watch. Like he is just all over the place. So it's it's you know, like the Foo Fighters, Pete. It's just they just put on a great show. Mm-hmm. It's energy, it's great songs, and it's just you know, you're just what you feel like you're kind of like one with the band for that two hours or whatever. Whoa. And I think a lot of people, if they don't like this band or don't know much about them, would probably think a lot different if they saw one of their concerts. One of their live concerts. Sure. We saw them in 2017. We went as a whole family because my kids at the time were like kind of into them. And we saw, so that year I saw the U2 30th anniversary of the Joshua Tree. We went to Red Rocks for the first time. I saw um, Green Day. Pete, you were at that one. I saw all these great concerts that year. And my wife went to a lot of those. And this was her favorite. Like, she came home and said, that was the best concert of the year. That was no joke. So, anyway, they're awesome. But they take a lot of crap too. And that's why I didn't know when I picked it, I'm like, are you guys going to roll your eyes? Do you not like them? Are you going to think, oh, I don't want to listen to that album. So I wasn't sure. What is the controversy? Well, so here's one of the things. I just, people hate them. Like if you go on social media, they just get a lot of hate, which, you know, when you're a giant band, that happens to you. Right. Yeah. They get a lot of it. You're a big target. One thing that happened, and I do think this had an impact was, so you remember the movie, the 40 year old virgin? Yeah. Right. And there's this dumb scene, which I'm sure we all thought was funny at the time, but like Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd are going back and forth. I know why you're gay. I know why you're gay. Remember that scene? Which is I just, don't. you know, it's making it's, just, a while. It's, it's pretty dumb. But one of the things they say is, I know you're gay because you listen to Coldplay. And that came out just like shortly after like this album came out. Well, it's tough and, to deny because when it rhymes, it's hard to challenge well, that kind of logic. Anyway, yeah, I actually read a thing about it once. It said that joke actually had an impact, um, you know, because people love that movie, too. Really? Wow. And I'm sure it's that's not the whole reason. You know, right. But, I, but, but it's just stuff like that kind of began like this weird backlash. And then and I will say they have sometimes to their credit and sometimes not really kind of changed things about the band so like their last two most recent albums i don't like there's nothing on there i like and they've they've gotten sometimes they get in these poppy things like they did one with bts and like some of these uh, duos just don't really make sense to me so they're kind of hit and miss in the last like five to eight years or so for me but up until that point like every album to me was just awesome and I just felt it was very unjustified when people talked about, well, you listen to the K-Fan Morning Show gif. Mm-hmm. They used to talk about them all the time because it's like Meat Sauce's most hated band. And Is it really? Oh, my God. Okay. Not well, that it I... has any credibility, but. Sure. I will tell you. Season. In public, you know, a lot of people listen to that. And, and it's one of those things where it gets. It snowballs. It becomes a it thing. Snowballs, yeah. yeah. And, and people, and people like, like me who, I mean, I really. I'm not a fan, but I'm not not a fan. Like, I'm just, I don't right. listen to their music. Somebody like myself could hear that and just go, oh, they suck. You know, even even though I I should listen to the music before I do so. I right. will say that um, Dina in uh, Fergus Falls will absolutely love this episode. She oh, is a massive uh, Coldplay fan, so uh, oh, shout out to Dina. 
Happy to hear that, Dina. Nice. Yeah. Way to go, Dina. All right, so that's all my background <laughs> of why I picked it and why this was a big, awesome album. You guys got any uh, other like facts or initial things you... Memories of yours? I'm going to get into well, some nostalgia I, memories during one of the songs, but like, sure. what do you remember about this album, 2002? I just want, I just want to say that I think Coldplay sucks and I hated the album. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm, I'm joking, obviously, but uh, what I will say about the album in general, before we get into the songs, is that I thought it was a great album through about song eight or, or maybe until song eight. And then it just sort of uh, the, all the songs just started to, to run together and sound the same to me. Uh, but those first seven songs I thought were fantastic. Um, the, uh, well, I'm not going to go too deep into the song. We'll get into the, the song. The last song was really mm -hmm. good. But, um, but yeah, that was just my uh, my uh, my general overview of the album itself but i i did have a lot of fun listening to it we watched one of the vi uh videos i know we all watched it brad said we should so we did we do what brad says yes. um and and i thought that was a very intriguing video as well um but um yeah just a fun album and well, just so kind of a good album that you could have as background music at a you know oh yeah you can put it on chilling you can for me through. there are no skips you can just let it play yeah. Do you yeah, have exactly. any memories of these songs, Pete? Like I don't I don't have any particular okay. I wasn't like a huge like Coldplay guy. You know, I I knew their big songs and everything, but I never really dedicated a lot of time to just sitting down and listening to, to them like that. Okay. Cause I know within our group of friends, like I, I remember some people did like them a lot like me, and some maybe were like you, just kind of like whatever. So I didn't mm -hmm. remember where you fell. Sure. Yeah. Polarizing. Yes. Well, and for me, um, Clocks was the one song that when it started, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know this song. But even yeah. though there's four singles on the album, three that were, you know, big, um, I just didn't really um, connect with any of them. But I will say that I was, I connected with more songs that, um, than just the singles. Okay. Like I found myself going through and going, oh, I really like this one. And it, you know, you look at, well, that's not a single, but um, I thought um, top to bottom, very good album. Um, there was only one that I really didn't care for, and we'll get to that as we. I wonder as we which one. Oh, yeah, wow. There's one that I, if I had to skip one, there's one I would skip, but there's still parts of that song that I like too. So, mm -hmm. all right, well, let's get into it then, huh? Yes. Yeah. So uh, to me, the first song is one of my favorites. Politic is just huge. And it, the mm -hmm. story that I didn't know about this song was really cool. So this was inspired by in an ode to 9-11. Yes. He actually wrote it on 9-11. They recorded it two days later. I didn't know any of this. Mm -hmm. And he wanted a song where it just sounded like they were banging on their instruments as loud as they could. Yeah. And it is loud, but it just creates this beautiful, awesome sound. I yep. just love it. It's a great intro. So it's about mm -hmm. living in the now, not taking things for granted, you know, what just happened. And it, the thing with that being the first song, it's a huge difference from the Parachutes album, which was all the way through pretty quiet. This one was definitely a song that was a little bit different from that. And mm -hmm. it fits, I thought, that as a beginning song, it fit the title of the album, A Rush of Blood to the Head. Right. It's, you know, we're, you know, banging on stuff here, so... Yeah, and that's that's what I wrote down too. I, I like how right away starts loud, starts fast, 
and then you know that that's a great way to start a rock album mm-hmm. you know just right away and then you know it quickly calms as the lyrics come in and it's just a nice um change of pace within the song and like yeah, i do remember kind of buying thing. this album and like the very first time i put it on not knowing this song like instantly thinking holy crap like i remember that being mm-hmm. awesome yeah it, it, you know it, do, it does kind of hit you right away with it I guess I could call it a beady guitar intro um, where, you know, they're they're keeping the beat with the guitar. Um, Like that's how it, that's how it starts. And it kind of hits you right away in that way. And, and um, it kind of, it wakes you up and then it kind of builds the way that the song builds gradually into the chorus. um, It it, it was awesome. Um, There was that. And then, and then towards the end of the song, I had, it was really cool. There's like kind of a twangy strum that they added into the, um, uh into it later i think it was a trombone but no I'm <laughs> <laughs> well done pete no but was uh, it rusty um, yeah um <laughs> no i thought it was a cool song well and the one thing that i will say that i'm not a big fan of and i didn't realize it as i started taking my notes not a sucker for not i'm not a sucker for this um is that a lot of their lyrics repeat a lot. And I just yeah, think a that, bit of that. that that again, the, I found the instrumental stuff throughout the album maybe a little more appealing than some of the lyrics. Um, I did enjoy like the chorus in this song. I just I just wrote down very simple repeating chorus. I really like that. Um, but then as I continued to listen to the album, I'm like, oh, they just kind of repeat themselves and it, it kind of took me back and this is not fair but this is what i thought of i took me back to the new kids album <laughs> where they just repeated like baby wow. a, a little times. different yeah it, totally totally different music and better music than that but uh, that's what my mind flipped to but um i did i did like the song i thought it was an excellent song to start the album so outside of the three big singles that most people would know this one and then one other one are definitely this is probably my favorite song after that. I love how it opens. So mm-hmm. that be your sneaky favorite, Brad? No, not no. I have, wouldn't call it a sneaky favorite. This is just a favorite. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. The next song then is the first single, "In My Place," which was mm-hmm. a huge song and probably the reason why I bought this album. And most people were liking it right away. This is a song where I realized I made the right choice with this because when this song is playing, it just instantly transported me back to that time when this came out and i started thinking about what that time was like and how you so you brought it up last week people like so we're all adults we're all married at this point but we have no kids so everything is about like trying to make your career get that foundation it's not the 90s anymore because we're not kids so that's all changed and this music was like so fitting this was like and it's not in my place it's like this is my place now it was like this new music for young adults that i just it all connected as i was listening to it i thought you know what this album was huge and that song is awesome and and they like this uh, i was gonna say go ahead i was just gonna say you almost hit on a point where i i was thinking we were talking earlier why are they not well liked and i think it's because it's more of an adult or, or i mean you know, well, why are they I know, so? I know, I'm um, sorry. 
polar, polarizing. whatever. Polarizing, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. But um, it's almost like what genre do they fit under? Okay, they're described as alternative, but are they really? They, they don't fit in with some of the other alternative bands that you think of when you think alternative. They seem to cater more towards the adults and not as much towards like the teens. Um, and as some of the, they're, they're not like heavy or anything, almost more like adult contemporary. I hate to say that, but um, <laughs> more towards that. Uh, it, it's it points well, in that I, direction. It's not like Michael Bolton or anything like that, no. but it's a uh, compared but, to U2, you know, they're U2, it's not, they're a rock band, but like, yeah, they're not rock like heavy metal or like grunge or, exactly. you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. They're just so. They're just good rock alternative music. Back to but, the song. Yeah, back to the, oh. the lyric that I wrote down that really made me think of it too was like, how long must we wait for it? It kind of, it like you're stuck in that no man's land. You know you're going to have a family. You know you're going to have kids. You know you're going to be moving into another thing soon. And that lyric was the one that like made me think, I like this time. I can still go out. I went on a vacation with friends. I can still go out with mm-hmm. you guys any night we want. But I'm also ready for that next thing. Sure. So, so this song really just brought it all together, you know. Yep. I had that exact same lyric written down in my in my bullet points of this song um, because yeah, it hit me the same way. Uh, it, it, this is my favorite song on the album. I can't call oh, it okay. a sneaky favorite because it's a well known <laughs> uh, song. It's it's really a beautiful song. It starts out um, for sure just beautifully. It, it's um i don't know it 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 does it hits you uh, right in the feels there you sure. go to use a modern <laughs> term well yeah. and and i just said that i like the instrumental more than the lyrics in this song yes, um, yes. the song you know the the lyric you guys wrote down how long must i wait for it i did like it the first time i heard it in the song <laughs> but not the you know 18th time Uh-oh. So, <laughs> well, you know, you, you know, you hit on an interesting point there because I thought that I thought that as well, where most of this album, it's the music itself that hits you more than the lyrics. Sure. Um, and I kind of was thinking that throughout the entire album. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. I, I'm with you. I like the music a ton. The lyrics, there's a lot of lyrics I like on this album. But as I was going through it, I feel like there are a lot about the same types of themes. Like it's about living in the now. It's yeah, about urgency like chasing. Yeah. And, yeah. So I do think it's not like the songs are all about a bunch of different things. There's one that stands out that I want my other really favorite. Um, but other than that, they are all kind of on similar types of themes. Sure. But when you look at when they wrote it and that first song, how it's influenced by what happened in the world. I mean, that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Yep. Right. Okay. Gift, did you have anything else? Did you already talk about that one? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the next one was the fourth single, which I don't remember being a single. I don't think anybody does because it's the one that didn't really become much as far as a hit. But God put a smile on your face. I don't have many notes on this, but I wrote down it's a good little rocker and it's got a lot of pounding drums again like Politic did. It's it's a really good song. So the Mm -hmm. fact that it didn't like become a hit, I don't think it's because it's a bad song. It just didn't connect after those other ones i really like it but that's all i really had to say about it too good little rock song where it's it's funny when it, when, it, when you said earlier like you compared it to joshua tree this album to joshua tree this is a song that i was like oh my god this sounds exactly like a u2 song it could yeah. be a u2 song and it sounds even sounds like bono 
And it was like, if I just heard it for the first time and you told me that was you too, I'd be like, yeah, that's you too. <laughs> and then, and, and then from that point on in the album, I couldn't like unhear it because there was about three or four other songs that I thought he sounded a lot like Bono and the music sounded like you too. Um, but obviously it's not. Um, so yeah, I, it, I had this one written down as sneaky favorite. <laughs> um, but then I heard another song later that I said I like better than this one. Ah, it's actually this is a good. second sneaky favorite. Still on the so. edge of our seat waiting for it. Yeah, then. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, you like this one, GIF? Um, yeah, this was actually the first song that really hit me is like I really, really like this one. Oh, you liked I, it better than politic. Yes, I did. Oh. I <laughs> I like the um the flat note like the singing and the guitar is like flat on this song and that was different to me and it just i and the lyrics in this song don't repeat as quickly i like the lyrics more in this song i like the instrumental with kind of that flat sound in it um it's so to me this one was different this one did not remind me of you two um and so this one was the first one i was like oh yeah this one I, I really like this one all right <clears throat> then we come to The Scientist, another huge song. Uh, this is just a fantastic single. It's about a hard breakup. It's very sad mm -hmm. and mellow. Um, Literally, according to the video. It, the, um, the line that's probably repeated a lot, Gif, is nobody said it would be easy. Mm -hmm. But when I hear this song, so first of all, the video <clears throat> we brought up, it's, it's done in reverse. And it won mm -hmm. three MTV Video Awards. Um, yeah. I read that he actually had to learn to sing the song backwards. He had to. I was yeah. thinking I, that I as I saw it. I understand how that. Right. It's amazing that yeah. when you watch it to think it's really cool. He has to lip right. sync it backwards. He has to because he's walking forwards wow. and then they just play it in reverse. Yeah. So And it, his lips are going correctly with the Yeah, they're right on. Yeah, well, they're not yeah. exactly, it, but it's but it looks a little awkward in a couple yeah. of parts yeah. that I looked at. They were on, but yeah. I didn't pay that close of attention, I guess. But the whole time you're thinking, holy crap, he's lip syncing this backwards. Like, that's ridiculous. It's crazy. So, so it was uh, so cool. I wrote this is an absolutely beautiful song. Um, and it's not so the line. Nobody said it would be easy. It's not so much quite the same as these. But the song that this reminded me of is it reminded me of like Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel or Everybody Hurts by R.E.M., which have always the, been kind the, of the like a song that can get you my through mind. something, a song that like try to make you feel better. You're, you know, you're not alone. This one, maybe the lyrics aren't quite as much like that because it is pretty sad. But I think the feel of it is like you can put it on when you feel sad and it'll help you. Yeah. I, I just wrote that I loved the piano to start this song. Oh, yeah. And... For me, so far on the album, this is the best lyrical song thus far. And I, 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 I like the song. I listen to the song. Um, usually I like to listen to the albums at least three times. Um, and on the third time I take my notes through. But um, I'd listen to the song, which I, I enjoyed. And then you would text it, hey, you got to watch the video. Well, now, after watching the video, <laughs> it's even better. You know, so... Um, it is a powerful video. Yeah, it, like you said, Brad. Like everybody hurts is a powerful video. This is yeah. Uh, I think it's like the two thousands version of those songs, and mm -hmm. and it's hard to be. It gets harder and harder to be original. I thought that was one that uh, it's. It was something that I'd never seen before, and that's what kind of made it stood out. And how well that video went with the song, and how it it just kind of hits you at the end. 
or is it the beginning? <gasps> it's like Memento, which yeah, came out like a year say. before. Yeah, it's <laughs> the time of backwards things. Mm-hmm. The time of backwards things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on. So a we're box, in agreement. Right? That's a wonderful song, huh? Yes. Oh God, yes. Completely. Okay. Well, and then speaking of this front-loaded Joshua Tree style album, now you get just the iconic piano intro of Clocks. That, yes. Ah, uh, yes. God, it's instantly recognizable. It is just one of the greatest intros in music. This is another one about seizing things and about time. It's called Clocks. And I love the line at the end, cursed Miss opportunities. Am I a part of the cure or am I part of the disease? And the way he just says the words, it just I just love like, right. the cadence to it as well. This song is fantastic, of course. It's a great song if your kids play piano to have them learn because it's fun to listen to. Right. Yeah, and like the the previous song starts, you know, with the piano. This one again with the piano, but then you get the drums added in quickly afterwards. Um, and I loved it. This was the first song on the album that really reminded me of you two. Oh, um, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, you've got. The, the instrumental is a driving and like building instrumental. Powerful um, build. Powerful. Yeah, it's a lot like a lot of the songs from Joshua Tree. Um, and so if I if I wouldn't have known that it's Coldplay, I would have thought this is a U2 song. The, and it reminded me a lot of... Um, U2 use much piano like that, though? No, but it's that instrumental of that building, driving, instrumental, okay. soaring, you know, like trying to reach for something right. um the the song sounds like um, you need a thesaurus should we get gifford a thesaurus it sounds <laughs> sure. like no he's got the best vocabulary here so so the song um, words, i have the best words <laughs> right, exactly i love lamp um <laughs> viva la vida i thought forever that song was you too when i'd hear oh, it on right. the radio that I, album by the way is my other like god i love that album so mm-hmm. much beginning to end if you if you wanted to listen to another one i'd take take a half hour and listen to that one okay i will do so <laughs> but yeah great song wonderful song and like you say that intro just grabs you right away um and you know it's going to be a, a fun ride all right so, I, so now i, I, I believe this is the most pop most well-known Coldplay song other than yellow in my i, I believe probably I because of that thing? opener yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it's so recognizable, and um, um, I think as far as the charts, "In My Place" was a bigger hit at the time, but that doesn't mean it still would be yeah. the most. Well, "Viva La Vida" would be the other. Big "Viva La Vida" is huge. Yeah. If yeah. I knew about it, it had to be huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, Pete. It's right up there with their biggest ones. Yep. Did you have mm. anything else, Pete? No, I just think it's a great song, and it's a uh, it's. Love it. Go on. So, so we get through the big hits here now. So I don't know if this is where you flip it over if you had a record. But now we get to, you know, the album tracks. Daylight is the next one. This is about mm-hmm. finding someone and lighting up. This is kind of a positive song. I wrote, I love this song, too. I think it's another good rocker. It's it's a faster one compared to some of the others. I love, in, in this one, it's, see, it's about the repetition gift. I wrote down in this one, the words are, like, all stretched. Like the way he sings the words, they're like stretched out. Oh my God, did you have that down? I literally and, have oh the my guitar God. starts stretchy well, matching on. the lyrics. Yeah. 
So the words are stretched out, and then I wrote, you get to the bridge, and I love where it goes, and then it repeats, slowly breaking through the daylight, which I don't know if you'd like, because it repeats a lot, but I Only think it's- Only 20 times. It sounds great, though, <laughs> and that's when then the guitars start to stretch out as well. I can't believe you have the same thing down there. I have stretchy, in quotation marks, on my, uh, on my that sheet That is here. fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love that song. That's See, I, I thought the guitars started stretchy. I and guess I noticed the, the words the lyrics, first. I don't and then the lyrics match the stretchy guitar sound. Yeah. Chicken egg. Mm -hmm. Pete, did you write down stretching? I did not write write down stretching. This is the point in the album where it start, the album started to stretch for me. This actually was not my mm. favorite song. Uh, maybe I'll have to listen to it again. Um, it wasn't a terrible song. It just started to all blend together, and it, it didn't stand out <clears> to me <throat> as much as some of the other ones did. So that's my opinion. Pete, that's interesting to me because I feel like this one is a little bit different than some of the others coming up. But mm -hmm. Yeah, well. Well, and Pete, like I, I wrote down um, songs that really stood out. So I had um, three in a row here that I really, really liked. And then I hit Daylight and I was like, eh, it just didn't touch base with me. So I'm kind of right. I'm kind of with you on that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Well, then we get to Green Eyes, which is definitely a change of pace. This is actually like a country rock vibe to this in one. Inspired by Hank Williams and Johnny Cash music. Well, this one is. There's a different one yep. that's a Johnny Cash homage. It, well, there's a different one that's an, another one that's a Johnny Cash homage, but this one was inspired by oh. uh, Hank Williams and Johnny I Cash's that. music. Yeah. But I this one was for his ex-girlfriend. Mm -hmm. um, and apparently also to, I can't remember which band member has green eyes, kind of directed yeah. towards him. Too. Yep. But I, I think this is just a really pretty little song. And I think it's funny because they stopped playing this one live when he ended up dating Gwyneth because she like <laughs> was jealous and didn't like it. And she I didn't have green eyes. God. Oh my god! However, she my was... wife has green eyes, so that's another reason why I like this song. It's a very pretty song. Well, and I have green eyes too. So <laughs> there it is. Not according to my wife, I have blue eyes, but I think I have green eyes. I. Did you guys I like... like this one? I really like this song. Um, I just put down it's a it's a very simple and pretty love song. Yeah, I really enjoyed enjoyed this song. Yeah. Not only did I like it, this is my <gasps> sneaky favorite. Sneaky oh, favorite. sneaky favorite! We, <laughs> this is it. Uh, this song made me think of um, not Johnny Cash. It made me think of Neil Young. It reminded me, for whatever reason, I thought of Harvest Moon. I was when just going to say the Harvest Moon album probably is what you're referring to here. Exactly. That's I get it, I Pete. It down. Thank you. Um, but uh, and that's probably why it stood out to me, and I liked it, and I love the song Harvest Moon. Uh, and this was different enough. I mean, it took me to that song, but it's different enough where it's not like, well, it's the same thing. Uh, but for whatever reason, that's what stuck out in my head as I was listening to this one. Uh, love the song, absolutely. Um, I would listen to it again. <laughs> I would listen to it again. I would listen, would listen to it again. <laughs> All right. We get to warning sign next. This is one that's about regretting a breakup, missing the person and like me thinking you made a mistake. I, again, I'm, I'm going to guess you guys might not be on my page, but I love this song too. I actually wrote down this one, Pete, as my sneaky favorite because it's kind of one oh. of the buried songs toward the end. Yeah. I think this one is really pretty. But then the last minute and a half of the song, it's like the piano is alone for a while. And then you get a jangly guitar coming in and his voice is just the vocals to the end. 
like the last half of this song is what really brings it home to me. At the beginning of the song, I could see like, okay, this is kind of boring. It's but if you give it all the way through, that's where I get the sneakiness of it for me. All right, all right. So I like Warning Sign. Well, I'm going to give you a, a little sneak preview here. The next three songs are the ones that I thought was the uh, again not terrible, but it was kind of the lower point in the album for me. Um, I'm, I'm surprised sort of about all one kind of, of ran together. So not surprised about um, these next two. It's the next one after that that I. I, I mean, you can have them on in the background and, and whatever, and it's fine. Uh, um, but uh, after Green Eyes, which to me I love that one. Um, just I don't know. It's just kind of ho hum. All right, GIF. I like this one. Um, I love oh. the the strings to start the, uh, the to start the song. Um, I like the message of it. It's it's a lost love song. You're looking for red flags or warning signs. That yeah, I like the there. lyrics here. They're a little different. The lyrics are excellent. And even though we have the repeated lyrics at the end, <laughs> it gives you that twist at the end. Where he's he's coming back, you know, he's coming back to her, even though he he uh, you know discarded her for <clears throat> you know reasons that really weren't there. And so this song I I had uh, high on my list. I agree. I think lyrically I like it, and then and then the music part of the second half is what mm -hmm. I like about it a lot. So yeah. All right, the next one is a whisper, and this is the song. If I was gonna skip one, so I'm with you, Pete. This would be mm -hmm. the one I would skip. I feel like it starts a little repetitive and slow, but halfway through it, it does build up, and you get some really good stuff in there. It does. It starts with the line, "I hear the sound of ticking of clocks," and it like really builds right there. Mm -hmm. So again, you get to that. There's stuff in the song I like, but overall, it's probably my least favorite overall on the album. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm thinking of that line in my head right now. It sticks with me. I hear the sound of ticking. It's really good. It's like, that's a catchy building part. All right. Pete, you hate it? Different. I, yeah, I mean, with relative to the album. Sure. Oh. I mean, hate hate is a strong word, Brad. But uh, <laughs> uh, like you said, relative to the album, it's probably my least favorite on the album. Um, but uh, we'll we'll just turn it over to Gifford. Uh, we got a bingo, fellas. They don't um, like this one. I'm gonna go with Pete. Relative to the album, um, this would be my least favorite song on the album. Um, right. This time, it starts with repeating lyrics instead of ending with repeating. Yeah, lyrics. That, I don't like that. A whisper. Yeah. Whis I don't like yeah. that beginning. Yeah, that's that's actually what when you that's say the thing, that it turns that's me off I right like away. But it. then, but then yeah. it gets better later. So it's you got to get over that. It's well, yeah. and when you have repeating lyrics at the end of a song, it's it's like. When you have a song that, you know, it's just the instrumental at the end where they just kind of repeat, you know, so it's kind of like this is the ending of the song, you know. So Yeah, to yeah. and you expect that, that most songs get repetitive at the it, end. So exactly. So right. one, of the, one of the notes I found on this song was because of its odd 3-4 timing, they have not played this song live. Oh, I can see that because it, it, I, I don't know much about time in music, but it does sound different. Like I can... When you say that, I can tell it's got mm -hmm. a different time. Like so, according thing. according to a note, is uh, that the song that they put on the album is the demo they recorded, and they just hit it right on the first try, mm -hmm. and they have not been able to really recreate this song again in that same well, in that same manner. And in my opinion, they don't need to play it live because <laughs> they have many many other better songs, anyways. So. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Ten other Even better songs are. on the album. 
even they are in agreement with us on this talk. Maybe <laughs> we got a bingo. <laughs> we all <laughs> Coldplay hates us. <laughs> Coldplay is the ones that hate Coldplay the most. And speaking of a bingo, <laughs> let's let's throw out our condolences to Playlist Wars at the moment. They're taking a break, yes. and hopefully everything's going well there. We're all big fans of the show. We've had a yes, great relationship. Oh, God, so we love Playlist Wars. Let's. Well, and- uh, and we're Let's not give only, them some love right here. I hope maybe one of them listens. We're we're not only fans of the show, but I would say we're probably bigger fans of uh, Gomez and Brian as well. I mean, the men. They're yeah, they're Brian. just they're just good dudes. They're wonderful people. Mm-hmm. They are. All right, we got two left. So the next one is the one I'm surprised. I want to hear what Pete has to say, if anything, because I love a rush of blood to the head. First of all, it's an homage to Johnny Cash. Um, I did not know that when I listened to it. And kind of like Folsom closer. Prison. Speaking of lyrics, this is the one that stands out. Like, this is all about this guy doing these horrible things and blaming it on a rush of blood to the head, not taking responsibility. Um, It seems really relevant today, I thought, when you look at, I mean, like, Mm -hmm. this is the kind of stuff that you would expect to kind of hear about today. The chorus to this song is just this huge, soaring chorus. And I just think this is a highlight on the whole album. It's a title track. And I love it. So I would mm-hmm. I would suggest Pete just listen to this one again. Just let me, me know go back. This one again. I'll do it Knowing again. Knowing that it's a Johnny I... Cash homage. I'll just have to listen closer to it. Maybe I was just starting to get like towards the end of the album, I was like, all right, I'm ready to move on to well and know, I and that can happen. So sure. I don't want you so. to miss this one just in case it becomes your other sneaky favorite. All right. right. Yep. That could happen. Yeah, um, for you with me or Pete. Um, I'm leaning more towards uh, Brad than Pete. Oh, screw um, you. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, I, I wrote it's a song of passion, just blind rage, impulsiveness. Yeah. Um, the, the lyric that stuck out to me is uh, I'm going to buy a gun and start a war. If you can tell me something worth fighting for. Yeah. I, re- I mean, I really how relevant like, is that? Like, yeah. that's just. Um, I, I really like that. But the one, the other note I had is if you read the lyrics to the first verse, <clears throat> I believe because it says he said, I'm going to buy this place and burn it down. And it continues on um, throughout. And I thought it was Forrest's ode to Jenny's childhood home. If you read what the words are, and if you remember in Forrest Gump, he buys Jenny's childhood home and bulldozes it because of all the horrible things that happened to her there interesting yeah i certainly wow. didn't notice that connection yeah wow that is uh so, back are you saying it just reminded you of that or are you actually saying you think they were referring to that I, they're not referring to that okay but well i said tell it first if that's what you were saying i i think i think it jokingly he's referring okay. to how forrest felt about jenny's childhood home when he bought it and bulldozed it and destroyed it well and then the next lyric was uh, all about how he and his girlfriend were like peas and carrots right yes they had the peas and carrots in the lyrics and uh yeah <laughs> exactly and chocolates mm-hmm. <laughs> all right that brings us to our final song and we we got a hint i think pete's gonna be okay with this one so the last uh, song yeah. is called amsterdam because it was written in amsterdam and I wrote, this is a spectacular finishing song. The piano, it's emotional. The the vocals, Chris Martin's vocals are like as good as they get on this one, I thought. It's about a person who's depressed and low and suicidal. Some people said that it was about a suicide attempt he made, but it's been apparently claimed that that is not at all what it's about. 
it's just about a person. It's about redemption and love and somebody who gets saved in the end after yes. being in a low place. And I, it is a beautiful song. It's a perfect closer to a great album. Exactly. In my yes, I thought it, I, that's what I had. I thought it was just a really, really solid closer. Um, love the buildup. It just really, really picks up. And it's like, hey, this is fun. I'm having fun now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and um, I, the, the little cool wind effect at the beginning kind of gets your attention too. So it gently gets your attention. Yeah. Well, and I, I tend to agree. Excellent closer because it starts slow, very subdued with the piano and the lyrics. So it's kind of putting the album to bed, but then the last third, it really kicks in. And I think being that it was their second album to end the album, they repeated a lyric twice. Second album, mm -hmm. repeat twice. So okay. I think that was a nice way to end it. Wow. So not too repetitive for you there. Not too, no, not too repetitive. All right. You know, so I'm guessing on their third album, they ended with the repeating lyrics three times. All right. Well, I, I think it's ironic how many times that you've repeated that particular complaint <laughs> about how repetitive they are. Yes. Thank you. I uh, truly appreciate the effort you guys put into this. I feel like that was fantastic job. Um, well hopefully done. people enjoy it. What I really hope is that people who maybe think they don't like Coldplay or, or or say they hate them, I hope there's somebody out there who will listen to this album at least after hearing all of our great comments. And and I would love it if they would then go on social media and let us know what they thought. Or just let us know what you think of Coldplay in general. Are you a hater? Do you like a lot? Are you in the middle? Um, so I, I really, you know, that's always our goal is that we go to these to have nostalgia, but then we hope that people will then go and check it out. Right. So I, I began we... this episode by saying they suck, and now I think they're awesome. That's how polarizing <laughs> I, they are. I that's really weird. would like some feedback on this one. <laughs> that's weird, because that's how I came into this episode thinking of Pete. Um, and completely, <laughs> no. turned, completely turned me around. Um, All right, well, here, or, or did it go the other way? Usually no, it goes absolutely the other way. not. So for me on this album, this it's it's fun to do subject matter that I'm not as familiar with. I know with Pop Culture Yearbook, it's all about the nostalgia. And when we do a subject like 16 Candles and you're, you have such a connection to it, it's fun to go back and remember. But on a subject like this that I'm not familiar with, it's also it's fun to dig into it and, and find something new, yeah. um, even if it is from 20 years ago. Yeah. But um, being introduced oh, to it is, is a lot of fun. And it's nice yeah. that we're all good teammates and we're willing to do that. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so speaking of polarizing bands, we decided to finish this off with what are some of those bands that either people love to hate or bands that are huge. And, you know, there's a huge fan base out there somewhere, but you hear just a lot of hate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, I was almost like, should I pick this? Because I, I want people to listen and I want you guys to do it. But are people going to not like it? And I hope that's not the case because I think we we did a nice job with it. So I think so as well. So what'd you come up with? What are some bands or artists well, that you think fit that do, uh, sure. description? Well, I'll I'll go ahead and kick it off. Um, go I've got... It. I've got a couple honorable mentions um, outside of a top five. Um, actually, three, I should say. I think the first one that everybody 
thinks of when you think um, polarizing is Yoko Ono. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't. Not everybody. I didn't even no. think of Yoko Ono, but that's a good, good answer. But good answer. In, good answer. Thank you. But again, in her own right, I mean, she was a, a heck of an artist on her own as well. Um, so I, I put her on the honorable mention list. Uh, number two, uh, or uh, another honorable mention would, of course, be Nickelback. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't have an opinion one way or the other. I think some of their songs are pretty good. I don't really care that much. One thing I do love about Nickelback, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I heard. There is a website called I Hate Nickelback where you can go and buy merch <laughs> with that on it. That's and a polarizing that, band. That website is owned by Nickelback. 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 So I love okay. that they embrace well, that. See, that's and cool. They want to monetize it. That's cool. Um, right. My my last honorable mention is polarizing within my own being, being 50% German, and that is David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Loved wow. by the Germans, uh, made fun of by everybody else for his, uh, his musical uh, standing. So my top five, I'm going to go with Justin Bieber. Um, mm -hmm. Not a big fan of his work, um, kind of douchey. Um, outside of outside the stage um that goes the same for my number four kanye uh again gold digger one of my favorite songs oh yeah we talked about time, that once but just really can't i i really don't care for any of his other music and again douchey um on the outside there as well number three we're getting into more of a criminal element with chris brown um yeah. Had some run-ins there with the law and uh, stuff he did with Rihanna there. Or R. Um, R. Kelly just got convicted today of something. I thought he was already like in jail, but I read he got convicted of a bunch of stuff today again. So did he? I, well, yeah, that, I guess. Yeah. That's good because like he's my number counts. two. Oh, he's your number two. <laughs> <laughs> a good R. segue. Kelly, yes, R. Kelly is my number two. Um, and my number one isn't necessarily a particular group, but just a group in general, and that is boy bands. First oh, yeah. off, that's a good, that's a good answer. You're not a band; you don't play instruments, so you don't don't even go there. Again, polarizing because if I was a 13 year old girl, would probably love it, but I'm not. I don't like how it's deep over down. You're you are. I don't like how it's overproduced. I don't like how they find guys, put them together, and then mm -hmm. smash them but, in. Hold on. And work at the hell out of it. What's that? Do you enjoy just listening to some of the music, though? Just forget Not about much. all the other stuff and how Not it's made. a lot of it. Some I mean, of them there, are kind of fun to listen to. There's a few. Don't get me wrong. There's a few. Like that New Kids album that we that we did? There's a few songs. I, I think I, I think we said we kind of like you got the right stuff, and that yeah. was about it. That was that was really about it. Um. And I think that it was perfectly made fun of in Rock of Ages with the boy band, The Guys, with two E's and two Z's at the end, if you remember that movie. <laughs> it was just a, a wonderful spoof on the whole boy band take. But uh, I would say boy bands in general would be considered very polarizing. All right. I didn't even think of boy bands. I think that's a fantastic number one that I didn't have on my radar, but it certainly should have been. Well, thank you. Especially since we talked about the new kids. I mean, that was like the original polarizing band <laughs> to us. Yes. Yes, it was. Pete, do you want to go next? Sure. 
My number five, I had Oasis. Ooh. Uh, oh, yeah. Very polarizing, especially. That won't be the last London time you hear them. In mm-hmm. Great Britain, uh, because there is a big rivalry, I remember, between them and Blur. Yep. Uh, and there's like, it was all who's going to be number one, who's going to be number I think Blur actually beat them out. Yeah, they were huge that. there. They were not as big in the US, but they were, I mean, over there, it was, they were big. Right. And and it was like you could not like both bands. It was you had to like one or the other. And it was very it was like a really big deal. I saw it. I think it had to do that. like where they both came from, too. Right. Like the, the city they came yeah, from. And yeah, yeah it was something like that. The whole culture clash type of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, my number four, it's one of our favorite bands. We've talked about them uh, quite a bit tonight already. You too. Yeah. Because of their political views. Um, it's hard to dispute their uh, musical ability, but I know a lot of people don't like their their all their politics and stuff like that. Um, I, number three, I did have Nickelback as well. Um, number two, I put Metallica. I love Metallica. Yeah. A lot of people do love Metallica, but then <laughs> there's also a, a large portion of the population that thinks they've just gone too corporate and got mm-hmm. like too mm-hmm. greedy and everything. Well, the Black uh, Album, I mean, a lot of the Metallica fans swore it yeah. off. So, right, mm-hmm. exactly. So, uh, in fact, I know Dave is going to love that one, our friend Dave, <laughs> uh, and he knows what I'm talking about. But he still so, loves them, right? <clears throat> he does he does but it was um that was his big complaint about a concert that we went to and they uh, ended the concert with all of these black Bal- balloons there's balloons. Inter, inter sandman is what they close in the encore you don't mean all these black balloons. balloons no no yes yes so <laughs> and number one i had michael jackson not a band but it was an individual and i mm-hmm. thought he first of all i remember as a kid like he when he first came out and was big and everything, you couldn't like him because it wasn't cool to like him. Uh, but some of his music was really good, and secretly you liked him. Um, and then uh, what? Like in 1984, it's like it's like the girls liked him, but the everybody guys couldn't. Everybody loved Thriller. We all no, loved not him. not well, not everybody. Not hard. I would not, say more with Bad. Some of the later on, it, maybe. Well, it maybe is a little after that, but that um, there hard. was definitely a period wow. where. Where people had to like say how much I hate Michael Jackson and everything, but then of course you have all of the allegations and everything, which don't help. Um, uh, but again, and some of their and some, just his some general his weirdness. Is, yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, um, but a lot of a lot of really good music if you just isolate that part of it. I do so, remember making fun of him a lot in elementary, Pete, because he exactly. made that commercial where his hair caught on fire. And that <laughs> yeah, was like a bunch of jokes the kids it? had. Yes, yeah. yes. So I, I know we made fun of him for that, but still, I thought everybody loved Thriller. Yeah, Thriller was amazing. But yeah, he, he's yeah. a great answer. He's a great number one for lots yeah. of reasons. For sure. All right. We don't Thank have you. that much overlap, surprisingly. So my uh, honorable mentions, you didn't say any of them. Kid Rock is one of yep. them. Uh, yeah. Kiss. Yep. And the Dave Matthews Band. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are three big ones, I think. Those are good answers. All right, so my number five, Pete, is Oasis. And this is more personal. They're a great answer anyway, but for me, when they came out, I loved Oasis. Their first two albums, and even into their third one, I was, like, all about them, and I listened to them a lot. 
but they just they're they just really grew old and like the whiny nasally singing got old and then what really pissed me off so i'm a huge nxs fan you know michael hutchins died and there was a award ceremony in um, britain in like the mid 90s and michael hutchins was out there um presenting an award and freaking noel gallagher came on after him and like right with him standing there, called him a has-been and was just a total little prick, which is what he is, him and Liam both. And I just, I'm, I'm not going to get over that. Like you are. And then when Michael Hutchins died like a year or two later, it's even worse. Mm. So I hate Oasis and their music just doesn't even sound good to me anymore. And I used to love them. So sure, that's for me. Number four, um, I have a Ty Gifford. I have Kanye West. And I'm surprised neither of you mentioned Taylor Swift, who I love, as you know. Right. Well, but I and put I them went, together I went because more... of their rivalry, but also Taylor Swift, just in general, she's had many ups and downs. There's people that hate her, and so I thought she's got. I think anybody that has strong political views, what she does and expresses them, is going to be polarizing one way or the other. Um, and so, and Taylor Swift fits that category, like you too. Well, in my list, mostly I took people that I don't know if that's what you're going for there, Brad. But no, not really. I don't. I mean, but it's more musical. But that's fine. Yeah. That's part of it too, probably for some. I took people uh, more that I found myself to not that I didn't like. So I tend to like Taylor Swift. So yeah, I'm not well, that, put her putting on her on there was like, okay, I love yeah. her, but right. I'm saying she's divisive. Yes. She absolutely and the, so going on to the number three, I had tied here U2 and Coldplay I put together because I think they're both very similar in mm -hmm. in their huge followings and long-term careers, but also the haters out there. Uh, for number two, I tied two poppy bands that I, they might have each had, like, well, one of them had a song I might have liked, the other one I don't think I liked anything. Maroon 5 and the Black Eyed Peas. Just... <laughs> awful i oh god see you're doing the same thing i did you're like i don't like these people so i'm putting them on my no list. but there's no no the black eyed peas are hated by all they're like a yeah right right, right, right. The maroon five is hated by lots of people too yep absolutely yes uh and then for number one i had a three-way tie i think these are the three best answers of all limp biscuit nickelback and creed yeah. they, they're all <laughs> yes just, you they're high up. Yeah. They're huge bands. Yeah. Us people out there love them. Yep. But man, yeah. they are just a joke to so many, and I don't like any of them. Right. At all. So that's well mine. I like it. You know who's uh, you know who's not polarizing? Who everybody loves? Uh, I don't know. Do you know their drummer is really polarizing? At is times. he? <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. Sometimes yeah, he's too, but... sometimes he's polarizing. As the pool boy. Oh, I got it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but other than that. Well, all right. Well if done. you listen to this episode, if you listen to this album, please respond and give us some feedback. We want to hear what you think. What are bands that you hate or love to hate mm -hmm. or are afraid to love because you know people hate them? And what do you think <laughs> of Coldplay and A Rush of Blood to the Head? We, this is one we need some feedback on. Please. For sure. Give it to us. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. All right, here we go, Preacher Row. Bye. Excellent. See ya. Bye.
Yeah. 